and welcome to episode four of Chub Rub and Chat, your opportunity to get a behind the scenes view of a world of personal training and fitness instructing with Preston's premier personal trainer, Stella the Neon Warrior Harper. Hello. And if she's a Neon Warrior, I'm very much a Neon Warrior lackey. I do everything she doesn't want to do, which includes technology. So you're always going to have me on this show. And today is Gary's birthday. Happy birthday, Gary. Thank you very much. Yes, if it seems like I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm distracted. It's because I'm working on my birthday. Nobody should ever work on a birthday. It's wrong. Work is podcast. I've got to edit it afterwards. Oh, has anyone got a tiny violin? I've been looking for one, but I've not actually managed to find one. I think this show really needs a tiny violin for when Gary is moaning. I think what I'll try and do is I'll, I'll try and improve my editing skills so that I can have like, you know that, du, 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 oh yeah, that music whenever I complain about stuff. Yeah, yeah, because I have got a music licence, you know, so we can have that. We can, yeah. <laughs> anyway, how's your week been, Gary? It's been alright, well, it's not been alright, it's been largely boring because I've been doing your taxes. Yeah, let's move on, nobody wants to know about that. No. Well, I've, I've had a more exciting week, I've been to watch Hamilton in Manchester with my bestie, we had snow. Snow was fun and it was the best type of snow because it came, it was crispy, it was great, and then it sodded off again. That is the best type of snow because I hate it when it goes slushy and then it goes icy and it's just like a skating rink. It was the best type of snow, so yeah, that was good. One of the highlights of my week was watching two lads in the snow walking down to school and one of the lads turned around and went, don't, you're going to get it in my face, and the other one just got a massive snowball and just launched it straight at his face from about two feet away. Charming. That's what brothers do. It's, it's love that. We're just assuming that they're brothers. Yeah, it's love, <laughs> true love that, including best mates, yeah. Well, the highlight of my week um, was, well, there was a few actually, but the, the one that really tickled me, I had a lady who comes to my classes and she said, oh, I'm sorry, Stella, I can't come to Aqua today. I've got the foot clap. <laughs> I like that. And I was just too busy laughing to ask exactly what type of foot clap she's got, but she assures me she's going to the foot clap clinic. Ooh, that's a mouthful. And then she'll be back soon. So, yeah, great stuff. That's brilliant. That. Everything I get now is going to be foot clap. <laughs> so if I get if I get like a little splint in my finger, I'm going to get a finger crap. Clap. Finger crap. Yeah. <laughs> So what's our topic this week, Gary? So this week, I thought it would be quite important for us to discuss with people. Before you start a weight loss journey, it's important to understand how you got to where you are. So if you are a person who carries a lot of fat, then you need to understand how you got to that point so that you can proper deal with losing some of that fat and becoming a little bit healthier. Yeah, so we've called it How Did I Get Fat? But I would like to make it quite clear that, you know, you have fat, you are not fat, just like you have toes, you are not toes. So your self-worth is never, ever dependent on your body size, just to make it clear. But I do like a short, snappy title to get your attention. Hence, how did I get fat? Gary, how did you get fat? I got fat because when I was young, there was just me, my mum and my brother. And my brother was six years older than me and he took control of most of my upbringing. The reason I am as wonderful as I am is largely his fault. But when my mum was cooking, if it wasn't fried, we didn't eat it. So we lived in a, we lived in a, just a two up, two down, but in the kitchen, we had a yellow ring just above the cooker. 
which is where all the evaporation from the chip pan went. And so we had that nice yellow ring. So she would cook everything fried. So my relationship with food from a very young age was if it wasn't fried, we didn't eat it. And if we didn't eat the fried food that she cooked because she couldn't be bothered cooking, we would eat the fried food that somebody else cooked at a takeaway. <laughs> Sounds delightful. Yes. And also, I'm quite an emotional eater. So if I'm stressed or... I used to work at a quite a stressful job and I would often come home and one of my friends would describe it. He'd say, you come home mouth first. And if I was stressed, I'd had a particularly stressful day, I'd walk straight in and I'd eat. And I used to do that when I was working, wouldn't I? Yes, very much so. So I'm an emotional eater as well. And and again, that comes from my upbringing. So my mum, as soon as I got upset about something, would say, don't worry, son, and we'd go and get some chocolate. And so from a very young age, I associated feeling down with eating junk food. Hmm. Which if, I think if a lot of people who are quite large and quite fat would examine why they became fat or why they carried started carrying more fat they would sort of understand that it largely stems from the childhood and their understanding of the relationship that they had with food yeah i mean while, while i can see that's how it happened to you i mean i was i was a chubby teenager i think that was hormonal um when i lived at home and i moved out at 16 but when i lived at home um, we didn't have a lot of sweets and chocolate and stuff. My dad would go on a Sunday afternoon every two or three weeks to the petrol station to fuel his car up. And we were allowed to go along with him and choose a bar of chocolate or some sweets. And that really, I mean, he did like a bit of cake, my dad, cake and custard. Um, but chocolate-wise and stuff, we didn't have that much. And we certainly didn't have a dessert every night after tea. Um, so... I don't think that's what did it for me, but my parents were actively against RE and PE and they would actively discourage me from doing it. They actually encouraged me to be rebellious and refuse to do the classes. They would write me notes so that I didn't have to do PE. I, I grew up in Darwin. Um, anybody familiar with Darwin will know about Darwin Tower on the top of one of Darwin's many great big hills and every year there'd be a tower run where the whole of the lower school, I think the first two years of the school, were expected to run up and down and if, you've, if you're not from this area, have a look at Darwin Tower and the surrounding area and you'll see it's quite a task. Now at the time I was more than happy to have this note excusing me from it but I'm kind of gutted and annoyed now because it took me to the age of 37 to realise that my place was in the fitness industry and had I have not been actively discouraged from PE and stuff then for a start I don't think I'd have been such a chubby teenager but also I think that I would have um, just embraced fitness much earlier and have come into the industry much earlier so yeah a bit gutted about that. But that's not what made me fat. There's a lot of factors that are going to influence somebody putting on weight. And I hope you don't mind me mentioning, love, you're perimenopausal or you're going through the menopause. Yeah. So there have been plenty of times since for the last couple of years that you've been going through that, that you've come home and you've been and you've voiced how unhappy you are with how you look and, and what you're seeing in the mirror. Yeah. And I often say to you, right, well, you, you need to give you, be, be a little bit kinder to yourself. You're going through the menopause. 
you've got to recognise that that's an external factor that, that you don't have a great deal of control over. Yeah, but for ages I didn't realise I was going through the menopause. No, Because I'm a little bit young for it, really. Um, but I don't really want to get into menopause tonight because I think that's a whole other podcast in itself. Menopause is a minefield, and we will get onto that in another one. I mean, the reason why I got fat was basically after having the boys, after mm. I met you, Gary, because I was a... I think I was a size eight when I met you. You were a beautiful size eight, yeah. There you go. Um, and I do remember Gary moving in with me, and I, it must have been around Easter because he kept bringing home Easter eggs every day. He'd come back from work with one or two Easter eggs. I'm like, who are these for? Like before Gary, there was just me and Lucy, and I'd get a one Easter egg at Easter. And then all of a sudden, Gary moves in and she's got 12 Easter eggs and we're eating an Easter egg after our dinner. Now, I'm not blaming Gary for me getting fat because obviously I ate it. And if I hadn't keeping, if I hadn't kept eating it, he wouldn't have kept bringing them home. But I did. So I think I am quite easily influenced by what's going on around me, which is probably the biggest cause of me getting big in the first place. But after I had the boys, I had them close together and... We didn't realise they were autistic at first. So I thought I was just struggling as a mum with these two babies, stroke toddlers. And I just, I didn't get much sleep. I was living off of sugar. I was just drinking sugary brews, toast and jam, biscuits, and I would just snack on them all day. So in all honesty, that is how I put all the weight on. And I did go from a size eight up to a size 20 in the space of, what would you say, four years? Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously I had two pregnancies in that time, but I would have lost the weight had I have been eating a good nutritious diet. So that is how I put it on. But of course, once you've started with sugar addiction, it's very hard to get out of. And I too am an emotional eater. But it's important to understand that, and that's what that's what I want people to understand. Because you could get the impression, listening to our previous podcast, that I'm rather an uncaring kind of person. When mm -hmm. actually, when actually, I'm incredibly loving and kind. To me, not to many other people. No, but I care about you. But the <laughs> the, the important thing is that you, you understand where you, how you got to where you are. Because once you understand how you got to where you are, you can start putting in place some some ways to try and mitigate that and, and try and deal with it. It, it I think that's important but some people genuinely and this is not a put down some people genuinely have no idea that their lifestyle is bad and they have no idea that their diet is bad so I just want to jump right in and say exactly what a good lifestyle is and what good nutrition is and it's quite simple so the government says, and we won't get into politics because Gary loves his politics and he hates the Tories. We ain't going to go there because we haven't got five hours to smash that out. But basically, the government says that to be healthy, you need to have 30 minutes of exercise five times a week. Now, I'm going to say that's a good start. Yeah, by exercise, they mean literally walking and it could be 30 minutes split up over the day. I think that unless you've got a medical condition, that is the very least you should be doing. And I would say it should be at least 30 minutes every day. Because that leaves two days a week where somebody could potentially 
with today's lifestyles be sat at a screen all day that's not mentally good for you let alone physically you know if, if you do work in an office and you have to sit all day that's not your fault you've got bills to pay and that's your career so you know I'm definitely not saying you need to change jobs but what I am saying is you need to find time maybe at lunchtime to go walk around the block and get some fresh air and get your body moving because it's not just about exercise per se it's about activity so if you're looking for somewhere to start I would say activity 30 minutes every day as a starting point I think I've mentioned it before when where I used to work I'd, I'd pair myself with one of the smokers and every time he went out for a fag I'd go out and go for a walk and then I'd be back in when he finished his fag and and the, if 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 you do something like that, your boss can't complain at you because he's going to have to stop the smoker going out as well. <laughs> and you, tr you try and stand between the smoker and his fag. Stop trying to create trouble at work, Gary. This Ooh. is this is why Gary is now the stay-at-home hubby because he was always a bit of a rebellion in the office. I was a, I was wonderful at my job, but I was a pain in the arse to manage. Yeah, I can see that because it's taken me years to train him. It's been a real effort. I'm not some seal. You have required a lot of training, Gary. So have you. I haven't. I'm wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so lifestyle, yeah? Activity. And then nutrition. Now, nutrition, you could do 10 podcasts on nutrition, couldn't you? It could go on and on and on. So the simplest way to tell you about nutrition is to tell you to Google NHS Eat Well Guide. And the Eat Well Guide is a very simplified version of what you should, what your body requires. And basically, I think it's a great starting point. So you look at that, and in my opinion, you don't cut out any food type unless you have an allergy to it. I'm not gonna get onto the likes of keto because I get quite ranty about it. Let's just say, I definitely do not approve of keto unless it is medically prescribed. So as far as I'm concerned, if you can't see yourself eating that way the rest of your life don't even bother you don't need to cut out the food you like you just need to be sensible with them of all the people I see who roller coaster diet up and down up and down they can go through that pattern for the best part of a decade and anything they manage to achieve is soon lost whereas the people who don't go in all guns blazing but they go in quite moderate and they just look to constantly tweak the nutrition or to make good choices those are the people who achieve yeah so I know it's tempting particularly when you think you've got a big goal to achieve I know it's tempting to go in all guns blazing but the sensible way to do it and the way to really achieve what you want is to go in with a sensible head on and make good decisions and try to make good decisions as much as you can if you can make good decisions 80% of the time and you are active, your body should forgive you the further 20% of the time. Which is why it's important to understand what you're eating, when you're eating it, and your emotional state at the point at which you're eating it. Yeah, it's, it's a good idea to ask yourself, if you are an emotional eater, am I hungry or am I feeding an emotion? So if you know you're feeding an emotion, it can be any emotion. Like I can eat when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm... Any emotion you can think of is an excuse for me to eat. <laughs> and so what I found was actually that when I 
feel that way, I need to just stretch myself. So I might go play with the kids or I might go walk around the block. If you can take that negative, that emotion, whether it's a good one or a bad one, and instead of feeding it, if you can turn that into some sort of activity, then straight off you're winning. And if you do that consistently, then you are going to achieve great things. I used to stress was one of my is, is one of my key key emotions. I'll eat when I'm stressed, and I used to come on from work, mouth first. I'd walk in and I'd be instantly looking for what I could eat because I'd had a stressful day at work. I'd come home, I knew I was going to have a stressful day at home because at that point the, the kids were quite young, weren't they? And you, virtually every day I came home, you were stressed because they'd stressed you out at some point. Yeah, I mean, like I say, we didn't realise they were autistic. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I just thought I was being a really bad mum. My stress levels were ridiculously high. And stress is a major factor in people struggling to lose weight. If you can't get your stress under control, then your health is at risk in one form or another. And we will do a future podcast on stress. Mm. Um, But I have compiled a little list of things that I think would be helpful in regards to weight loss. So the first one is be consistent. Don't chop and change diets. Really look at your lifestyle and look at what kind of healthy nutrition plan will fit in with your lifestyle because there is no point going with something that requires loads and loads of food prep if in fact you don't have the time to do the food prep and you can't afford for anybody else to do it for you. So make sure before you embark on it that it is going to suit you. There is a lot of good things out there. I mean, personally, Slimming World, I've always found that to be quite good. There was a few elements about it that I didn't like where they used to overdo it on sweetener and stuff. And um, they'd really encourage you to load up on free foods. Every food has calories and it's not a good idea to just think, oh, it's free food. So I'm going to pile it on my plate. I actually got kicked off of a, a Slimming World Facebook group. You, you don't surprise me. You don't <laughs> surprise me at all. Because somebody had put a plate of food on, a picture of a plate of food, and it was like a Sunday dinner. And it was piled high. I kid you not, there was about 12 potatoes on there and four types of veg and loads of meat. And yeah, it was free food, but flipping heck. It was like this person was eating for four. And I just said, you know what, you would be better off just having a smaller portion, eating slower, really enjoying it, and maybe having a couple of foods on there that that carry sins. You know, like, don't miss your gravy out if you like your gravy. Ten more potatoes is not going to make up for your gravy, is it? Just be sensible. There's, There's a certain amount of food that you need, and you don't need that much. Which is why I think it's important to look at your portion control and your portion size. It's a pain in the ass to begin with because you might have to start weighing things. But you might think, well, a handful of potatoes that you've chopped up and roasted is is, is enough. But actually that might be maybe two or 300 grams worth of potato that you've just chucked onto your plate. When actually, if you chopped it down by half, you're getting a much better calorific intake and you're not eating as much. So one of my big problems was portion control because when you finally yeah. start, when Stella finally started getting involved in, in cooking and really started becoming really good at cooking, I loved everything that was on my plate. And, and so I just eat more and more and more of it. Yeah, I think even if you don't want to calorie count, 
and you don't want to keep a food diary because it's not for everyone you know there's we all have our certain ways and means that just suit us and suit our lifestyle so i don't want to say do this do that however it really does help to know what 300 grams of something looks like yeah and how many calories are in that and how much of that is likely to fuel your body and how much is likely to be stored as fat if you're not being active enough I also think it's really important to know your resting metabolic rate. So your resting metabolic rate, or your RMR, is how many calories your body needs just to function. So it's based on your height, weight, and gender. And if you want to find out yours, you can Google it. I personally use bodybuilding.com in order to calculate it, but there's other there's other sites you can use. That's just the one that I use. Um, and for me it's helpful because when i looked at it and i put in all the exercise i do etc etc i actually realized for quite a while over two years i was under eating which would explain why i was getting so many injuries and i wasn't really progressing with my goals so you know it doesn't always mean that you're eating too many calories you might actually be under eating neither one is ideal if you are looking at a calorie deficit it should never be a huge deficit so for example if your resting metabolic rate is 1200 calories and you're eating 1200 calories every day and never letting yourself have any more and you're quite active then actually you're probably under eating because that rmr is if you stayed in bed all day and didn't move that's just the calories that your body needs to breathe and function yeah so your calorie deficit should only be by up to like 200 calories a day so if you're burning 1600 calories and you're only eating a thousand then yeah you will lose weight initially but then you could find yourself getting quite ill and you can actually find your weight loss stalling as you release cortisol the stress hormone into your body so bigger is not always better Again, steady wins the race, as boring as it is. Bodybuilding.com will help you work out your uh, resting metabolic rate. I just said that. I don't think you did. I did. Did you? I did, didn't I, guys? They're all going, yeah, she did. They're all going, no, she didn't, but don't, don't push it, guys. Leave yeah, it. Yeah, you listen afterwards, you'll discover. I do. I, sa- I said it twice, actually, because I said, this is what I use. There are other ones, but this is what... Anyway, anyway. let's move on. Move more, eat less. <laughs> That's my next point. Move more, eat less. Somebody said this years ago. She, she put a picture on Facebook and everybody went, wow, you look amazing. What have you been doing? She went, I've just moved more and eaten less. And I thought, how wonderfully simple. Just have that little mantra in your head, yeah? Move more, eat less. I think it's fair to say a lot of us in this country probably eat too much. Portion sizes... And we wolf it down a lot of the time because we're busy or the kids are nagging or the dog sat begging at our feet. Slow it down. Do yourself a smaller plate. Eat it slowly. Really enjoy every mouthful. And if after you've finished, you're still hungry, go get more. But the chances are, if you've just eaten a plate full of food, chances are you're not still hungry. Yeah? So be thoughtful. Move more. Eat less. Slow it down. What's my next point, Gary? Eat smart. So, eat smart, I've put prioritise protein. You'll have heard all the big, beefy, muscly people go protein, protein, protein. I do say that a lot. 
<laughs> do you? Uh, they've got a point. Protein really is king, particularly if you want to build muscle and or lose weight. So prioritize protein. That includes for your snacking, guys. Protein fills you up and it helps to build muscle. Even if you don't want to look like The Rock, and trust me, that doesn't happen by accident. Even if you don't want to look like him, you still need to prioritize protein because the more muscle mass you have in your body, the more calories you will burn even at rest. So you will raise that rest and metabolic rate. And as I've just said, you do not get to look like The Rock without extreme amounts of effort. It doesn't happen accidentally. Unfortunately, I wish it did. I'd like to be a bit intellectual here, if you, if you allow me, love. Oh, go I'm, on, I'm going to bastardise George Orwell. What? That was a big word, wasn't it? That was a naughty word, Gary. And all calories are born equal, but some are more equal than others. 2,000 calories of what's it's <laughs> are, very, are very, very different to 2,000 calories that include meat, veg and other foodstuffs. Yes, a very good point, even though you did swear. Um, And I would also like to say that when I've put eat smart, that does include green stuff. Not just green stuff. Come on, guys, we all know what the good stuff is. Your salad, your cucumber, your vegetables, your peppers. They say eat the rainbow. And, you know, that is the best way to stay healthy because you've got all these wonderful vitamins and minerals going on in these foods and it can help reduce your risk of cancer it can help keep your weight down so get them eaten fill yourself up with those priority foods protein and i'm going to say green stuff but really i mean eat the rainbow yeah we know what the good stuff is the less processed food you eat the better eat it in its purest form if you can And it doesn't have to be fresh. I know that fresh fruit and veg is quite pricey at the minute. It can be frozen. It can be tinned. Yeah. Avoid syrups and stuff if you can. But prioritise protein and the rainbow vegetables and fruit. And you're on to a winner there. I just want to point out that that Skittles' current strapline is eat the rainbow, taste the rainbow. So Skittles aren't included in what Stella just said. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Although I do have to say, that brings me on to my next point. Have the odd treat. Because life is too short to be miserable, guys. And if you if you want to experience pure misery, go on keto. I've never done keto because I don't approve of it. I think it's a pile of crap. Um, Gary's done it. And if we were married at the time, divorce would have been on the cards because he was like a bear with a sore paw. He was horrendous to live with and it just wasn't fun. And as soon as he stopped it, he put all the weight back on again. So just don't bother. But have the occasional treat because life's too short. But balance it out, guys. 80-20 if you can. 80% winning with fantastic nutrition. 20% not so great, but damn it, I'm going to own it because it tasted good. If you look after your body 80% of the time, 20% of the time, it'll sort you out. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Which brings me on to my next point. Um, I put, do take pictures, but don't bullshit yourself. So I think a great way to monitor progress rather than the sad step, that's the scales, because sometimes the scales don't show a true reflection. I've been known to lose a dress size, but put on four pounds. So 
you know, there's, I, I've known so many of my clients who have been like, I'm feeling good, I think I'm looking good. And I've said, yeah, I think you're looking good. I think you're making great progress, but don't stand on the scales yet. And what do they do? They go home and they think, I'm gonna stand on the scales. And they do. The scales tells them something they don't wanna see. And then all of a sudden, they've eaten their way through six packets of crisp, two cakes, a chocolate bar, and some Skittles, yeah? The, yes, the scales have a use, but don't put your worth solely on them. And don't track your progress solely on them. Because without going too deeply into it in this podcast, they don't always give you a true reflection. So my advice would be, initially, at the beginning of your journey, take a measurement on the scales. Take measurements with tape measure, but also do pictures, the no bullshit type. So get somebody who you trust to take a picture of you from the front, the side, and the back, and do it from a perspective that never changes. So for example, you stand in a doorway, and they stand in front of your fireplace when they take it. That way, the distance is the same. There's no light trickery, there's no um, filters, it's just the no bullshit photographs. And if you think that you might be tempted to delete them, give them to your partner or whoever to make sure that they stay there. Because the one thing I really regret from being a size 20 to now is that I don't have many photos of back then. Because whenever a photo was taken, I couldn't believe how big I looked on it. So they were immediately deleted. I did find one this week, actually, Gary, on my memories. And the photo only survived because I was fostering a parrot and I was so chuffed that this parrot was sat on my shoulder that I posted oh, I it on I Facebook. One, yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna post that when I post the um, the podcast to show you because it only survived because of that. And I think the only other photo of me at size twenty was when I was holding a puppy because again the puppy was cute. <laughs> other than that, all the photos got deleted. So yeah, that would be my advice because it's really important to see where you've come from. It is, and when you're taking a picture, remember, posture matters. So stand up tall, shoulders back, and posture matters on every single picture. You can get some pictures where you see people on the before photos, they sort of hunched forward, they've rolled their shoulders forward, and naturally their body looks a little bit fatter because they're actually crunching a little bit forward and their belly's popping out. In the after photo, they stand up tall, and they've got the shoulders back, and they look like they've got really good posture. Make sure your posture's perfect. I sound like a ballet dancer now, perfect posture. I could be a terrible ballet dancer. Yeah, you really would be. Gary is the clumsiest person you'll ever meet. I am like the white usher, all right? You're really not. Anyway, posture matters. Make sure your posture's perfect on every single picture, and then that way you, you know posture's not playing, a play, uh, playing into the, how the picture looks. Yeah, great. So, shall we just recap? Number one, be consistent. Choose a nutrition plan for you and stick to it. Give it time to work. Don't give up on it. Then we've got move more, eat less. Make that your mantra. If you think you're hungry, have a think to yourself. Am I hungry or am I feeding an emotion? And try and distract yourself. If you're still hungry after the distraction, fine, eat. Then we've got eat smart. Prioritise protein at every point and green stuff, rainbow foods in the purest form not Skittles. <laughs> then we've got have the odd treat because life is too short. Come on guys, we're here to enjoy ourselves, yeah? And meanwhile, track yourself, I would say with photos because 
if you're successful on your journey, you will thank me for that later. Yeah? And I'd like to give you some homework, guys. <laughs> because I always give my clients homework, yeah? Small little bite-sized bits Not of... Not just the clients. Yeah, Gary as well. Um, but small little bits of homework to keep you on track. So your homework this week, should you choose to accept it, is to take a good look at your lifestyle. Whether you want to lose weight or just get healthier, feel better about yourself, whatever your goal is, have a good hard look at your lifestyle this week and just think, what could I do to make it a little bit better? And then if that arises any questions that you can't answer, drop them to me in a message and you never know, it might just be our next podcast. Yes, understand why you are where you are and then you'll be able to start moving forwards in a proper way. Absolutely. Right, well, I think that's come to a nice conclusion, don't you, Gary? I think so, yeah. I think we've done all right now. I think I need to go um, wash this dye off my hair that you put in about an hour ago. You have looked rather odd with two strips of tinfoil on your head. Yeah, it's a shame they can't see, isn't it? Because I do look like I'm wearing a tin hat. With your Winnie the Pooh nighty on, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Right, we're, we are, of course, on the socials with, with Insta Chat, Snapbook. What are they? What are they? We're not on Snapchat because that's a, a way of chatting like WhatsApp. Is it? Do we have to go through this every week? Yeah, we've got, we've got right. nine people on social. Facebook, Neil Murray Fitness. The same on, I can't even think of it now, Instagram. <laughs> Insta chat. No, Instagram. Instagram and of course we are on... Spotify and iTunes. Spotify, iTunes and you can of course visit us on neomoriafitness.com where you'll get all kinds of wonderful insight into Stella and the work she does. And send us your questions, guys. Questions and feedback. We're all about them. Let's have it. Yeah, if you need to hear more of me, just let her know. Nobody wants to hear about your washing, Gary. Bye. Bye.